Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Thank you. One more time to the band, guys. This service would be very ugly without them. Service would be very ugly. Imagine starting the service with, uh, come on, open your Bibles, Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 to 17, and then you, it would, it would be ugly. And let's give it up for everyone who prepares this place for us to have a good service. Yeah. All our volunteers, all the people who serve on our teams, people who always that take that extra time to say, I want to make that place habitable. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We, we honor you. I want to honor Pastor Mel and Pastor Paul. Ah, thank you for loving this guy and this girl from Uganda. Thank you for loving us. We, we have, we, we, yesterday we laughed a lot yesterday evening. Like I was laughing, trying to forget the food, but I ate the food too. Then remembered there was ice cream and I had to do that too. And <laughs> Margaret and Peter, please thank you very much. You, you're incredible. Thank you. And all the kids, please. We are, we are so honored to, to be here. Canberra is like the government is here. Wow. Everything is the opposite of my city. <laughs> my city is hustle, hustle. Even the way we drive. Ah, you have traffic lights with police officers. Like no one wants to obey them. So you have to go fast. So it's busy, 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 busy life. Courtesy of most African cities. Go to Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> just really tough. So, wow, thanks. I just love you guys. You're settled. You're, huh? In Africa, we have a saying, when someone is a, a gentle person, we say his heart is in the stomach. So, like, like so your heart, your heart is in the, you're, you're relaxed. And, and I, 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 I wouldn't ask for more. It's, it's beautiful here. It's an honor to, to be here. I've been coming to Sydney presence for the past seven, eight, what years, and I'm honored to be here today. Thank you, please. Uh-huh. There are things I used to admire when I was a child. I really used to admire them. And as a boy in school, I started to chase them. Chase them. Chase them. But the more I chased them, the more I didn't catch them. I happen to be a son of a preacher. My mom is a preacher. And thank God for those who know their second birth date when they got born again. Me, I, I know that I've spoken, I've, I've 
many times confessed Christ. Yeah? You know, being a preacher's son, you become a Christian by default. So all the salvation responses, I think I've done a lot. Like that, I don't remember which one actually transformed me. <laughs> so I've been born here. I've been raised here. And this is what I know. So as a young boy, I struggled. I chased some things. One of the things that I really chased was righteousness. Yeah, as a teen. I wanted to be pure. I like, huh? I like had this thing in my bloodstream. So I pursued it. But you know, the more I wanted to catch it, the more it was far away from me. And that messed me up. I'm sorry, but I did some stuff as a young boy and as in high school. That. But you know, I'm born in church. Raised in church. And then some stuff showed up in my life. And then I was in this kind of church where everyone who stands on the platform is holy. Holier than the people of Canberra. Like, it is all good. And, and there was a word that, that really I would hear every time. You know, in my setup, people would come up and say, when I used to be in Egypt, huh? like in the world, eh? huh? they call it Egypt. Now here we are in Canaan, okay? If you're from Egypt, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> so they call it. So when I used to be in the world, I would lie and, and last, and, but I thank Jesus. Then, I would ask myself and say, but I don't have an Egypt. You know, like, huh? do we have any preacher's kids here? Like, you don't have an Egypt. Huh? Your Egypt is Sunday school. <laughs> like, like, you have no world to quote. And I'm like, well, I've been in church, but some of the things they did, I did when I was in Canaan. So, so I can't testify. You know, you know, <laughs> like if I testify, my mom will say, when did you do that? <laughs> so I was lost in the house. I kept going. I wanted something, but then I came to my mom one day and, and I was open. I was sincere. I was leading fellowship in high school. I said, Mom, I'm tired. She said, what's wrong? I said, I'm sure the blood of Jesus is sufficient enough to take our iniquity and to wash us, but, but I have a problem. She said, what's your problem? I said, I think the blood of Jesus has not washed me enough. Because some of the things you guys say you used to do when you were there, some I do, but I am here. So I think there is a problem with the blood because it couldn't take. <laughs> and I said, I think I'm the only one in church like this. Now my mom helped me 
spoke to me something that changed my life forever. She said, Rock, all those guys you see standing saying, hey, he said they are liars. I said, what? She said, yes. She said, they are also struggling. And she said, keep it up. You're born again enough. You've been, I said, even, she said, yes. She said, you've been washed enough. I said, wow, so I'm clean. She said, yes. I said, yeah, that's good. So somehow she inspired me. And I was tired of all these liars in church who stand and and I'm like, ah, I caught you. <laughs> but, but she told me one thing. She said, you see, you can't do this thing on your own. She said, there is somewhere, there is a power that you can tap in. There is a catalyst that you can put in your life that can activate you. And cause you to start doing things differently. Oh. I said, what? I said, so salvation is not hard work. That I need to work hard on my own. Try to carry my big cross and, and, and follow him. And I don't want to lie. I don't want to do it. I will carry this thing. Will, and, and you know, some of us are here. You're carrying a very big cross. Like, man, I'm, I'm an old boy going to heaven. This thing is not easier. One day, one glad morning, when this life is over, I'll fly away. And you're like, it's all hard work. It's tough. Maybe you need to try what I tried. Because my mom taught me how to plug in. How to switch on. He said you can plug in. You can switch on. The power of God in your life. You can activate. There is a place that you just plug yourself into. Switch on. And like the current starts flowing in your life. You start doing the things that you thought you couldn't do. The thing you, you thought was very hard. You realize his yoke is easy. And his burden is lie. You, you get introduced to. So that moment I got a new thing in my life. Like I got revival even when I was going to uni. I, I just got revival. I saw salvation differently. And I started helping people in a different way. Now there's, there's an old system. An old system that was spoken about all the time, an old form of religion, old teaching, because all the preachers I had were preaching the law. It is hard. Do's and don'ts every Sunday. Thou shalt not. And you know, as teenagers, we, we are scared of thou shalt not. Young people are like, what? This is hard. It's like when you say thou shalt not, you're telling them thou shalt peep and try to see what is there. So it's just, it was all hard. And that is, that is the old covenant. The old covenant was just like that. It was a burden. It was all these laws and, 
and written down all these demands on humanity. And, 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 and can you open with me, Jeremiah? I'm talking about new wine. A little bit confusing it, but it will still be wine anyway, don't mind. Jeremiah chapter 31. Verse 31. Oh. The days, well, I'm sorry. The days are coming, declares the Lord. I, I'm not sure this was in my stuff, so it's okay. You will follow the African accent as I read. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. So I made a covenant with them. I was so close to them. I was their husband, but they broke it. So I realized that ain't good for them. I don't want them to have a covenant they will break. Okay? I want them to have a covenant they will keep. The days, so I'm going to make a new covenant. Verse 33 says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord. Because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Do you understand? If it's not working, God realizes what I gave them is not helping them. So I'm going to bring something new that will help them. New is better. You know, God is, God always wants to help us. To the level that I gave it to them. I'm God. I gave it to them. But it did, no one is obeying it. So what I'm going to do is I'm repealing it. I'm giving them a new thing. Because I want it to be functional. God wants us to be functional in our salvation. God wants us to be on the move. If it's not working, it's useless to us. So God gives us something new every time. Because he wants us to move. He wants us not to be static. Now this is the problem. We get stuck in the old stuff. Whether it's working or not. Do you understand me? <laughs> Whether it's working or not, as long as we are familiar with the way it works. I'll give you one example. In our church, we have a woman who was selling milk, like fresh milk. So they have these machines. They're like refrigerators. You keep the milk there and then you start giving it out to the people who buy it and this lady comes to us and says, 
my business is not doing well, we need prayer. And I was about to pray, but I said, wait, before we pray, I need to come to your place of work and see what is happening. So we went there. You see, for us, we rush. We want to pray all the time. But I've been in church long enough to realize that sometimes what we call devils is not, are not devils. So we went. Cut the long story short. I tested the milk and we realized there was something, an, an odor. Because the machine had not been washed. It was not being washed well. So, so we, we said with, with my assistant, we said, Madam, what we think you need is not prayer, but we think you should wash this equipment well and it will work out. So she washed that and she got revival. You know, like, like everything shifted. <laughs> and after two weeks, she's like, Pastor, it worked. And I'm like, you did something differently. You did something differently. You moved. Sometimes we pray in a static zone. You, you pray but in the same zone. You don't change zones. Even in prayer we change zones. Faith without works is dead. Sometimes we are carrying a corpse called faith. You're carrying this bit. God, can't you see I have faith? How many of you have ever felt like, I think I have enough faith? <laughs> eh? Like you're praying for someone or believing God for something and you feel like, but God, eh? Well, eh? I think, but, but, you may have big dead faith. You know what I mean? Like you're carrying some big, big, big faith, but it's dead. And I always tell people, it's not the size of the faith. But is it breathing? What are the actions that are following that faith? That is the most important thing. So it's not the African. You know, in Africa, people like pray like generators. You know, like, like, like praying. They kick everything in the house. Father, in Jesus' name, there's power. Holy Spirit. Like, like it's you like. When you reach a room where people are praying, you can think like, man, I have no faith. Power, Holy Ghost. So who, yeah, who. And you're like. And I always tell them, it's not the gymnastics. <laughs> you can still scream, but when the thing is dead. So it's not the gymnastics, it's not the somersaulting, it's not the... The Bible says in Luke chapter 5, 36 to 39, <sighs> Jesus talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. Says he told them a parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. If you have an old garment and you're trying to make it new, you know? You know, like you want to hang on to your old garment. So you look for a new one. And you say, I don't need the, why don't you just put on the new one anyway? It's like people are interested in old stuff. So like, he has an old, I like this, I like these pants. So you buy new ones and you patch. 
<laughs> you patch the old system and you say, I keep the old system, but I'm putting something new on the old system so the old pants can look like somehow new. But you know, when you do that, because these pants are too old, when you start sewing them, you know, they're old. They can't handle. So it becomes worse. And that is what happens. When, when we come to God, with, we are open. We want something new. But you know, we are doing it in an old form. We are, we are doing it not in a transformed character. So even prayer doesn't work. Even if the word is spoken to us in its new form, like we are getting worse. How many understand what I'm talking about? Like the more you pray, the more worse it becomes. The more you give seeds, the more worse it becomes. And, and I always tell people, maybe change the wine skin. Maybe you're putting prayer on a dirty refrigerator that this time you need to change the refrigerator and then put the prayer and it will work. Making sense? Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment. You have wasted the prayer. And the patch <laughs> from the and the patch from the, from the new will not match the old. So, some of us are carrying this kind of life that is not matching. Things are not matching up. Have you seen people who pray a lot but suffer a lot? Like the level of spirituality is not proportional to the level of... Okay. Right. Old, new, no match. And actually what is supposed to happen is it's supposed to match. No one pours new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. And the wine will run out and the wine skins will be ruined. No. New wine must be poured into new wine skins. So good. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. Ah, this is a problem. For they say the old is better. Oh, the old is better. They, oh, give me some old ways of church, boy. I like the old. I like the old. I like the old. I like the old. I like, let me tell you. You see, if you don't get a glimpse and look into the room, just assume God is in his workshop making something new. And, and assume you get an opportunity to just peep in there. You know, the creator. You would be blown off. Because I imagine what God is planning for you. What God is thinking about you every second, every moment, every hour is, is mind-blowing. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what, what no mind has contemplated. If you could just, a little bit of peeping. Amen. Of course, 
if you need glasses, hallelujah. Because maybe you're short-sighted. That is the old wine skin. And maybe you need, you need something new. You understand me? You need to start seeing clearly. There is a new wave. There is a new move that God wants to bring upon your life. It's not that God is not working. God is working. It's not that he doesn't heal. He still heals. The problem is not with the healing. The problem is that we should be in this new zone. We should take our next step. Pastor Rock, what do you mean? I'm saying take a step in your spiritual life. Do something different. There are few things which tire us up. Things like serving. Things like joining a team. Things like turning up early. Things like being part of a group. You're like staring up. You're like, I'm ready, Lord. This is new. I'm ready. I'm ready. Now, most of us think if I want to be healed in my body, I should spend more hours crying healing. So you, you, like an African man, you cry healing in all languages. Mponya in Luganda. Niponyeshe in Swahili. Heal me in English. Oh, you go to French. And you speak all the languages and nothing works. But actually sometimes it is about turn. Oh, then start. Not in the same place. Do something different. Consider tithing. Consider giving. The small things. The small things. The small things. That is a wine skin. That is a wine skin. Now the oil can flow and it won't burst. Now the power of God can move and it won't burst. You can now handle it. You can, you can now flow. Let me tell you, God still works. God is willing and able to do incredible things in your life. It's not God's will that that sickness continues. It's not God's will that, that that pain continues. It's never been the will of God. Except that God is waiting for you to change position. God is waiting for you to take the next step. God is looking at how available are you? How prepared are you to handle? I've seen people whom God blessed and they got messed up. I had a brother who was coming to me. Rock, I need a job. Rock, I need a job. And we stood together. And he got a job in the American embassy and he started coming. Tithe started increasing and we said, praise the Lord. Then after, he started sending his offering on Sunday. You see, Pastor Rock, I'm busy. But, but that's my offering. Pastor Rock, I'm busy. That's my offering. And he got lost. And I'm like, man, this is not the reason we pray that God blesses you. Some of us just need the new wine and it's going to mess us up. <laughs> the prosperity we want is going to bust us because there is no transformation on the inside. So if you want a miracle, can I advise you? Take the next step. Increase. Uh, raise up on your feet. I don't want to take it longer than here. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm a disciplined boy. <laughs> Sometimes preachers want to continue preaching because it's good for the preacher. So it may be good for me, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. You've heard the story of a man with the preacher with a beard, long beard. 
and then the old woman who was shedding tears, and then the preacher thought the woman was touched by the Holy Spirit. So the woman was crying all through the service, all through. And the preacher kept on going. More minutes, more time. Touch them, Holy Spirit. And then at the end of the sermon, end of the service, walked to this woman, lady, and said, oh, wow. What was the Holy Spirit speaking to you? I, I think you were blessed. And she said, oh, I was remembering I had my old goat with a long beard like yours. So when you were preaching, I was just remembering my goat. My goat died hard. <laughs> so I don't want to be like that one. <laughs> I'm, you may be laughing and I think like God is touching them. But when you're like, look at this funny African boy. No, that's for fun. Just lift up your hands, guys. Let's be open. Let's be open. Let's be open. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.